Um, and what you saw in the video uh, was just a fraction of what we saw, what we experienced. There was so much that happened in that week from uh, the laughter that we had. Uh, although there's times it was very heavy and, you know, hard just to watch the, the, the owner of their home come in and just look around in defeat and look at everything they own, literally every single thing they own. If it was be, be, below about four feet, they had to throw it out. Uh, dressers, beds, bookshelves, clothes, war, wardrobes, family heir, heirlooms, whatever it, it was, we had to take it out. And you guys could already imagine the amount of mold that was clogged up underneath the flooring and the baseboards and the drywall. Uh, it, it was hard, hard work. I probably sweated more in that week than I have in my entire life combined. Um, not to say that I'm lazy. Don't think like, wow, man, you don't sweat a lot. No, I do. It's just, it was a lot of work for the student team, man. They, they killed it. They crushed it. And not on, only did we get to help out the, the victims through some Meridian's purse, but we also did a little bit of mountain, mountain lake ministry while we were there too. Uh, the buckets that, that, that you guys have faithfully been, uh, supplying us with, we took, I believe 16 or 18 down, that's as much as we could fit in the four cars uh, that we drove, drove, drove down there. And we took about 16 or 17, and we handed them out to the houses that we did not help. Uh, we took time uh, during, during our, our, our lunch break to walk down the, uh, the block we were on. And if there was a person there, we just expressed, hey, this is who we are, where we are from. And people were blown away, like, from Georgia? Like, you're all the way from Georgia? Like, how long did that take you guys to get down here? 13-hour drive, um, one way. And I drove all of that. So you can imagine how numb my buttocks felt um, during bathroom breaks and everything. It was more like a stiff limp and I don't wake up and everything. But we expressed, and they were so grateful, so moved with joy and excitement that that believers of Jesus would drive all that way for one week just to help them with their homes. And not only they were ecstatic and thrilled, but the Samaritan's Purse or, or organization was blown away that we had a youth group uh, take a week off of their fall break and not even enjoy their fall break, which they never heard of that either. So I'd have say like, yeah, I know, it's crazy, huh? Uh, and they would take that time off to come down and help, like, like they were celebrities there. I mean, it was pretty cool because uh, you could imagine they were screaming and chanting. I mean, Bob was our was our team, our team lead. Uh, so he works through Samaritan's Purse. And at random times throughout the entire day, whether it's share time, it's dinner, it's breakfast, we see Bob, we start to chant Bob. It's kind of what we did. And Bob would have this big old smile on his face, and everyone would be laughing and looking at us. But we brought this energy um, that I don't think they've ever seen before in their lives. The paper, they came out to, uh, to take a picture uh, of us and ask us, like, why we do this? Why, why would we ever serve? Uh, so the paper is now going to have a statement of faith inside of it saying, we do this because of Jesus Christ. We do this to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and to give back in the slightest. So hopefully there's a person who reads that and it touches them in the paper, but the first day we were down there, uh, myself and two 
young, young men, we got pulled to a different house. Uh, they had a project there that was a bigger one than they expected, and they evaluated it, and they said we could use a few extra hands. So another guy came. He drove around the block. It was literally, uh, literally a block be, be, be behind them, and he communicated, like, we need a few extra hands where anyone go and help. So myself and two young men said, yeah, um, we will go. We will help. So not to brag, but we actually worked on more houses than anyone else. The rest of the group only worked on two. We worked on three houses. Uh, But it's not a competition. It's not a competition of who did more work or not. But uh, the family we helped out that first first day, um, they were pretty uh, shocked. Uh, I believe it was the first day they came back to their home since uh, the, the, the storm, which was what, three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago. And there's still the water in some people's houses. They're still flood, flood, flooding all around us. But this was actually their, their first day they came back home. So everything was in their house. Um, the couches that weighed about 500 pounds because it absorbed all the, all the water, the bookshelves. Uh, that they imported from Italy like a dozen years uh, years ago. Um, all this stuff was still there, and I was asking them, because that's the first step, is we have to clean out the house before we do anything else. And, I was, and then I was asking them, like, what about this? It doesn't look too bad. It doesn't seem like it's wet, absorbed, or nothing. It got to go. It's been sitting in the mold. We really don't want it. We'll get a new one. It got to go. Well, well, what about this? What do you want me to do? With this, do you want to keep this? It looks pr- pretty nice. It must mean something. Just go. And that one phrase uh, really stuck to me. Like, that's when it became real. Like, as we're driving around, as we're seeing everything, it was real. Uh, we're seeing the hurt of the storm. We're seeing the people start to, to, to clean, clean out their homes. Uh, but Rod, Rod, Rodney and Lori both kept on saying, everything must go. And that is when my heart really started to feel the impact of this storm and what they were going through. I mean, I could only imagine uh, being alive one, one day and I'm watching TV, I'm eating, you know, a meal and I have all my stuff around me. The belongings I've worked so hard my entire life to, to make a home nice, uh, to make it look nice. Um, and then one day it's just gone. One day it's starting from ground zero. I started to look around and I'm like, man, I... I hope I never have to go through that. Like, like this must be very, very hard. But the truth is, um, there might be a time in our life where we feel like we have absolutely nothing. There might be a time in our life where we're coasting, we're sitting up top, we're doing good, we're the king of the jungle, king of the hill, whatever you want to call that. Um, and something happens in your life, whether it's an emotional thing, a mental thing, or a physical thing where you feel like everything you just worked hard to has disappeared in your hands. And the truth is, Paul kind of went through that same thing. Paul knew what it was like to have everything. I mean, he worked for, for, for the Romans during that, that time. He was an official. He was a persecutor of the Christians, which was kind of like a hero to both the Jews who didn't be believe that, that, that Jesus was actually the son of God and also to the nation of uh, the, the 
the Roman na- 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 nation too because they didn't really like Christianity. It was this new kind of wind that was taking a mark and it was causing a lot of tension. Uh, So he was out here and persecuting everyone. I mean, he had money. He had the nice clothes. He had a fancy little cape, most likely. Um, He had it all. But when he accepted Christ, everything was stripped away from him. When he accepted Christ, everything he worked his entire life to build up, to save, to store was immediately ripped away from him. And he kind of had a start back at ground zero, too. So this, this more, more, more morning, we're going to take a look at a portion of his life and what he has to teach us. And we're going to open up to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 10. But before we actually read God's word, I'm just going to go ahead and pray uh, for us this this morning. So would you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, we first and foremost want to acknowledge you. And as I'm talking about the experience that the student team, the volunteers, and myself just had, uh, sometimes it's confusing. Uh, sometimes it causes us to question you. Like, why would you allow such a strong storm to affect so many, many lives Um, And that's a normal response, Lord. We're just being honest and transparent with you. It's a normal response, Lord. But um, I just pray that we can all have minds to trust you. We can all have, have, have a strong faith to understand your sovereign will. And in the end, it will all make sense. But right now, it might be confusing for a few of us in this room. So I pray for for them, I pray for us for a spirit of uh, peace and under, understanding to fall upon them. Uh, and Lord, I just want to pray for the message that we have for your holy word that we can all uh, pay uh, pay attention to what you have to say, Lord. And I pray that it can speak uh, to us all this more this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray these things. Amen. So Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10, the passage I'm about to read contains one of the most well-known verses in Scripture, but it also contains one of the most misused verses in Scripture. So we're going to read through through that, and we're going to get at the root of what Paul is actually talking about in this passage. So I'm going to go ahead and read starting in verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I'm going to read that one more time because I think it's so good. It's so it's such a beautiful uh, verse and a powerful mindset we should have. Verse 11. I'm going to read it one more time. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secrets of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one with a plenty uh, with plenty or little. Here comes the most misused verse in the passage and one of the most misused 
verses in the Bible. Verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with uh, Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. I know that was a lot to take in there, but that one verse that everyone says all the time, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I don't want to discourage you guys or put you down or make this verse uh, something different than you've been told and raised with, but people think this verse means, man, man, I can do all things through through Christ who strengthens me, so I'm going to go ahead and touch my toes, even though I haven't been able to do that my entire life because my legs are so long, but Christ can give me strength, so if I believe, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so if I want to touch that ceiling, all I got to do is jump up, and sure enough, Christ will give me the strength to touch the ceiling there, Um, which is all true. If Christ wants you to touch it, he will, but Paul's not conveying that truth in the passage we just read here, because Paul is talking about two things. Paul is talking about being in need, being in need, and being a person who gives to another person in need. I'll repeat that one more time. Paul is talking about being in need and being a generous person who gives to those in need. And then he starts to talk about it is Christ who gives me this strength. I can do everything through Christ who gives me this strength. And I don't know about you guys, but those are two of the most difficult things to do in life, to be a humble person who receives and to be a generous person who gives. And that is because we don't often like help, right? We like to do things by ourselves. I can handle it. When I was a child, I had a saying that I would say my parents absolutely loved it because they thought it was a cute thing. I would say, I do. They would try to help me. And, Matt, let me wipe your face off. I do. I do. Matt, let me tie your shoes. I do. I do. And sure enough, I fell a bunch of times because I tried to tie, my ch- tie, tie shoes, but I didn't know how to at the time. But I tried to do it. Um, but the point is, is, is we all like to do things on our own and by ourselves that when a person offers help, our pride kind of steps in the way, and sometimes it can result in something tragic, bad, or embarrassing. For, 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 for instance, I worked on a maintenance team uh, for two years, and it was a church and a, and a, and a uh, school, too, as a school church uh, combination. So we did all of the projects that we had 
in-house. Because, you know, we're a church. We don't want to pay uh, hundreds of thousands of bucks to hire a contract contractor to do things that we could do. So there's, there's this one time we're trying to get uh, glue off of a, a, a floor. And I'm not talking about the white glue, the Elmer's glue. This was like contractor's glue for like rugs and tile and 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 flooring too and the people who put it down thought it was a beneficial thing to put half an inch of glue down there um so we're taking a machine where if you have the right stuff if you have a like ass a a a acid type of thing and you run a machine or, or just rip the glue right off well i've kind of done this before but not really like this was the first time i would have ever really done done this and someone asked me matt do you do you need help with that can you do that by yourself I'm like nah i got it like i know what i'm doing but on the inside i'm like man i hope this does not go wrong i'm like man i hope i do not embarrass myself in this moment because the confidence that i have is so strong where everyone must think i'm a pro well this glue was so thick so strong as soon as I turned the machine on to start to take it off, it just got stuck, and the machine did like a barrel roll, and the handle hit me straight in my pelvic bone, like going really fast. Like it whipped hard, and that one's like, we didn't think that was going to go that, 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 that way. While my pelvic bone is throbbing, so I take a few steps back. I can't, I can't even move my right leg. It hurts so bad. I take a few steps back, and I sit down on this desk that was right there, and I'm just, like, holding all my pain inside of my body in this moment. Uh, and when everyone left, I checked it. There was, like, a giant bruise already. Uh, but sometimes that's the effect of pride. That is the effect that pride has in our life where we think we have it all, where we think we can do things by ourself we don't accept help and we end up with a bruise on our pelvic bone and i could imagine it was the same thing for the people we helped helped out this past week uh because the only way we can go into a house and start to uh take it apart is if the owner agrees to let us do do that they have to sign a paper where we ask we explain that we're going to do this project for free, which would otherwise cost you thousands of bucks to hire a person to come in and do it. We do it well. We do it right. We have the people on job who can do it. And some people will actually turn it away, um, more so because they're pride. They think they can do it by themselves. But when they find out it's a Christian organization, they want nothing to do with it. They, they're like, nope, nope, Christian organization, get out of my house. I will get the people, I spend the money, no big deal, it will get done. But, but being a humble per, per, per person is such a, a difficult thing that it requires the strength of Jesus Christ to even have that mindset in the first place. The second thing is being a person of generosity. That is so hard to do because um, when, when we have the money, when we have the, re, the resource sources, we hang on tight to them. We have this mindset, um, which I hope I'm not the only one who's ever had this mindset. I'm, I'm guilty, I'm transparent, I'm confessing to, to you guys, where I think, you know, I've worked so hard for this money. I've worked so hard for the things 
that I have, am I really just going to give it away to, to, to a person who doesn't have to work for it? Like, like am I just going to be a generous per, per, per person in that moment? And sometimes we think, man, if only I had more, I would give more. Like, I don't have a lot now, so I really can't give much. I don't have a lot to give in the moment. But, man, if I won the lottery, man, I would just give and give and give. But the truth is, the more you get, the less you give if you're not already a generous person. I will repeat that one more time. The more you have, the less you give if you're not already a generous person with what you have. And it takes the strength of Jesus Christ inside of our life to even have that mindset. So really what Paul is talking about here when he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's saying that Jesus gives us the strength to be humble, and Jesus gives us the strength to be generous. Because without Christ, it is difficult for our sinful selves to even think in that way, to be a humble person with no pride in our life, to be a generous human being with not an ounce of stinginess or regret in our lives. It really takes the strength of Jesus Christ to come in our lives. I was reminded of one thing while we were down there with uh, Rod, with Rod, 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 Rodney and Lori. That's the uh, first house that I worked on. Um, at first, Lori was crushed. Um, she saw all of her stuff, her belongings, gifts from her from her mom who passed a few years back. You know, and that's a hard thing. You know, that's a sentimental thing. But you can't keep a moldy uh, book uh, book bookshelf or something like that. So she was just like, you could see it on her face, you could see it in her body, like just just hurt, just distraught, in shock. Um, didn't know what to do. So then they they both left, and we're working. We're pulling out walls, we're pulling up floors, we're, we're just, we're gutting the entire house, which they call a mud out. I don't know why they call it a mud out, um, like there's not really mud in the house, but it's a mud out. Um, so we're doing a mud out, and like, we're working, like, I'm looking around like, dang, we did this all in one day. The backyard, the fences, they had to be pulled out, the uh, deck had to be stripped up, like, everything, and then they came back uh, in four hours, I believe it was, and it was so encouraging just to see how her mindset completely changed. When she saw the progress we had made, and when she saw the hope, like, like everything above the point we, we have stripped out looks fine. Like, it didn't get absorbed with the water. It didn't have, have, have mold inside of it, so we got rid of all the water, all the mold, everything. And everything from that four feet above mark looked perfect. So all they had to do was re replace everything from the bottom low. And her mindset must have been filled with this hope where she called us angels. She called us angels. She was thanking us so much. Thank you guys so much. You are angels sent from God. You guys are so nice. Your generosity, your kindness, it is angels who are sent from God. And, like, at first I, like, chuckle. I'm like, huh? I'm not an angel. I'm a human. Like, like, I don't know why. I don't have no wings. I don't wear a halo or nothing. Like, I'm definitely not 
an angel and I don't have clean white robes on me either. Like I'm in sweat and mold. I don't think that's what an angel looks like there. But, but she reminded me of something very important that we just read here is that there's a ladder that we see between a person in need and a person who gives. And at the bottom of the ladder, we have the person in need. There's a person who needs to receive the blessings that come from above. Above them comes the person who gives, a generous per, per person who sends the blessings down. And at the tippy top of the ladder is God. Paul thanks the, the Philippians for the generosity that they had. Um, you provided me with help when no one else did. I thank you guys for the gifts. And then Paul says, the same God who has blessed me will provide every need for you. And we see Paul acknowledges the people who blessed him. And then he goes on to acknowledge the one who blesses from the very top of the latter. Because it is only through Jesus Christ that we give in the first place. And that is what Lori experienced right there. Is she saw us, the angels, which in a sense, angels are sent by God. Angels report to God. Angels operate under the authority of God. So in the same way, we kind of share that aim, that angelic stat, stat, status where we were sent by God. We operate under the authority of God too. And I was so moved and encouraged that Lori was able to see right through us. She thanked us, but she also acknowledged like, hey, it is God who sent them in the first place. And she started to have this content mindset on her. She started to have this mindset that completely changed the way she thought, the way she viewed the situation she was in. And really that mindset of contentness comes from recognizing it is God who supplies us. It is really comes from a mindset um, where we believe in the circumstances we are in, God supplies us with everything that we need. And as we work towards that and understand that it is God who supplies us with the needs, not the generous person. It takes the obedience, the faithfulness of the, of, the, of the generous person. But really, it is God. We start to form this contentment in our mind. And as we read from Paul, he was so confident in God to provide for the needs of the Philippians who previously provide the needs for him, that he has figured out this secret of life. And it's not that um, it's not that through Christ I can do all things in the sense that we use it a lot. I can touch my toes. I can touch the, the roof if I want. But the secret of life is being content. And the secret of the contentment is rooted in our faith in God. As we are faith, as we are faithful to God and what he has provided in us, we can demonstrate that contentment by showing the strength inside of us. The sheer miracle of us being able to see what we have and offering up to those in need is only through the strength of Jesus Christ. 
and also on the other side, being a person who needs a lot and being able to get rid of all pride and to acknowledge, like, I kind of need help in the moment. And for guys especially, that's, that's kind of hard to accept. Like, we're the providers of the household. Uh, we bring home the bread in the household. All those things that, that, whether it's true or not, guys kind of feel that. It is hard for a guy to look at his house and his family in ruin and accept the help, the, the help of someone else because we can't do it on our own. But the sheer miracle that we can have a mindset just like that comes from the strength that we find in Jesus Christ alone. And that confidence, that contentment of, of mind that Lori had in four hours, four hours, the way her mind worked, the way her eyes saw things, the way her brain perceived the information completely changed because her faith was stronger in that moment right there when she saw the blessings of God come down. In that moment right there when she saw the hope that, hey, I might have lost all of my stuff, but I'm still alive. I might have lost all of my stuff, but the roof is still above me. Praise be to God. And her faith was made so strong in the moment that she began to feel content. She began to understand um, how God takes care of those who are faithful to her. So once again, this secret that we experience here, this secret of life that Paul calls it, I have learned the secret of life because I have had a lot and I have had absolutely nothing in my life. It comes from this contentment that we find only in the strength and power in Jesus Christ, which through then we can do everything. If you can be a generous human being, you can do everything. People can see Christ through you. People can see the strength of Jesus Christ living in your life just by being a generous person and also being a humble person too. I mean, it takes a lot to be a humble person. It takes a lot to be a humble person. When people see that, there is hope because you demonstrate the power and strength of Jesus Christ in your life, and people can see that. And people can see this holiness inside of you, which is confused as angels. <laughs> I mean, I believe more people the entire week have thanked Samaritan's Purse for being angels. You are God sent and everything. And people see it by the strength we demonstrate in our life through Jesus Christ alone. Would you guys go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes so I can close us in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so very much for coming into our lives. We thank you so very much for changing the way we think, changing the way we live. And as we just learned about what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4, we learn what the true meaning of life is. We learn the secret to living a content life. And it is true. We can do all things through you who gives us strength. But I, I strongly believe what Paul is talking about here is how we can have the strength to give and how we can have the strength to receive when we are in need and that you are ultimately the top of the ladder 
who showers your blessings upon us. Whenever there's a time when we need help and a person comes in and gives us what we need at the moment, we recognize them, Lord. We acknowledge them, their faithfulness, their obedience. But ultimately, Lord, we recognize you. So my prayer for us all is that we can go out and demonstrate and we can show this unique strength that only comes from you by being a person who gives. And in times when we need, we can receive it with gladness and humility. Lord, we pray that that strength can never die inside of us, but it can only grow. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray these things. Amen.